I'm on the track. You know how we do it, man. Oh, boy, CHP, see the phenol. Hey, you. Last night, 
uh, one of the top five teams in the state of Georgia in Quad A, and uh, well, they got a 28-20 victory over the Patriots in the battlefield. And I think it was the first time they ever won at Sandy Creek. And uh, Sandy Creek High School, if you don't, if you uh, if you don't remember that, that's a school where uh, Ole Miss, current Ole Miss running back, uh, Eric Sweeney.
back to the press box and tell Gay Crew, my name is Jermaine. Jermaine and Ben is in the building. And this is this is so exciting to me. Top ten showdown weekend. Um, showcase games all over the all over the, the country last night. You know, big win by by Washington last night over Stanford. Uh, got a lot of things going on in terms of in terms of uh, college football around here in the state of Georgia, in the state of Georgia, also in the state of Alabama. Miami, Georgia Tech at noon. We have um, homecoming on the plains, and Auburn plays Louisiana Monroe at three thirty. And that's that's a SEC network game, and really excited to see how Auburn is going to progress the rest of the season, knowing that we have a definitive starter. Really, 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 and really just threw me off was seeing what seeing what Oklahoma State did at Baylor, seeing what Oklahoma State did the week before with Central Michigan. I'm still on the fence about Oklahoma State. Even though they're playing in Boone Pickens, even though it's it's an 11 o'clock game, you know, on FS1, it's a big game. It, Tennessee, that I want people to understand. They've got the talent to make Georgia look bad. They've got the talent to make Georgia look absolutely just bad. And what could possibly happen in this game is this. The offensive line for Georgia is not as, not as athletic as it's been in the past. They give up five seconds. make plays happen for you as well. It's just how are you going to get – how are you going to do that with all the pressure? That's on that's on decent. It's easy. Get the quick pass game going. Get the pace going. Once Georgia plays the pace, you can tell that Jacob Eason is comfortable playing at pace. When you slow the game down, that's when you start making mistakes with Jacob Eason. Public housing when you next go to the killers On them corners it get better as you go Grind that motherfucker till it's yellow brick road Free as a bird, spoken word in my verse On my knees praying, niggas shooting in the church Wake up out my sleep in another cold sweat I live, don't build war, where the fuck to go next Go against the odds, young and go and get a job Another country boy, they want back on the farm So far from my goals, but I'm close to my kids I'll cry for Mac Dre, niggas throwing up kids
gently. Want you to know that these comments don't offend me. No. Cause your baby mama so friendly, I proceed with the plan. Weed in my hand, the rock in my cup, quick pick for a fan. Money over bitches, first nigga with a race. Double that we handle business, cause them niggas getting raped. Go get the yellow tape. Swell local straight, it's 200 acres states. A young nigga made it, came from the hood, ain't nothing changed. Still lemon pepper on my motherfucking wang. to the red
but this life that I live. I'm trying to get these Benjamins, I'm trying to not commit these sins, but I gotta get it, gotta get it, Lord knows. To the Fresh Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. The main event is in the building. And special shout out to to Marquise Wineglass and Ray Baker of Underground Sounds, Columbus, Georgia. Um, got a chance to go down there a couple of weeks ago and and just sat down and, and just experienced the, the the studio life there. And uh, like I said, big shout out to my man Ray Baker and, and uh, Marquise Wineglass doing this thing. Man, that's a net. I'm telling you, dude. I'm not. I don't compare anybody to Tupac, but this guy is. This kid's only 19 years old. He's 19, and you listen to his music. You listen to everything he talks about. He's the next coming. Um, I'll just put it that way. But we're gonna jump back into into some some college football and um. you know, one of the one of the big games the, of the thirty of the three thirty games that I'm, that I'm really excited about. That, like I said before before the break, I'm more excited about this game as I am about any of the other games this week. Even more so than the Clemson Louisville game, which is the headline game of everybody's night, is Wisconsin Michigan, and. This game has every bit of a make as the makings of an instant classic. You look at what what Wisconsin likes to do. They they run first. They love to they love to mash you. They love to just just treat you like a train wreck. Michigan Michigan does the same thing. Defensively, whereas Wisconsin has a great defense, Michigan has a great defense, but the difference between the two between the two teams is this: both teams have a, both teams like to run the ball first, but the difference with Michigan is Michigan has a quarterback that can throw the ball downfield. We look at the defensive side of the ball, where you have great solid defense for both teams. One team, Michigan, has a has a defensive back who 
can play anywhere in the defensive in the defensive on the defensive side of the ball and do anything he he wants to do on the offensive side of the ball. This is the guy who I mean, we talk about Jabril Preppers. Jabril Preppers can can pretty much do anything he wants to do. He can play in all three phases of the game. He's a great returner. He can play linebacker if he has to. He can play safety if he has to. He can even get out and and, and be a corner for you if he has to. This is a do-it-all guy. You look at what you have in the backfield for Michigan. You have two good running backs. You have a mobile quarterback who is a pocket passer, who if you give him time, and if he has to create, he will create. If you give him time, he will throw the ball downfield. You've got you've got some pretty good receivers on that side of the ball as well uh, for Michigan as well. Whereas you look at Wisconsin, where they have a strong running game with Corey Clement. They're playing musical chairs at quarterback, and Wisconsin, unlike the situations at at Georgia and the situations at Auburn, you've got two seniors. There's nobody coming in for Wisconsin after these two guys. They do have a they do have a freshman quarterback that's coming in, but he's unheralded. He's not. He, you know, can he be as good as people think he can be? I think he can. I mean, I, I, I've seen the guy play, but. As good as Wisconsin's team is, and as good as Michigan, as good as Wisconsin's team is, if this is the only real, real question that they have, is the quarterback position. That's a scary. That, that's a scary thing for everybody. And we look at Wisconsin. We look at what they have coming up. Look at what they have coming up in the next few weeks. And we also look at what Michigan has in the next few weeks. This is this is just this sets up to be a grandstand finish um, in the Big Ten. This this really sets up to be a grandstand finish, you know, in both the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. This is a this is a cross, you know, this is a crossover game for both teams, and we look at we look at Michigan and we see what Michigan has next, you know. Michigan has Rutgers next. They didn't have an off week. You know, they're pretty much, their schedule's pretty much spread out to the point to where everything, they could be, they could really be, if they get past Wisconsin, they could set themselves up to be 7 and 0 going into, going into Spartan State on the 29th. But, before we get there, let's talk about this Michigan Wisconsin game. And you know, for Wisconsin, this is a this is a this is a litmus test of, of their own. You know, this is a murder this is the middle of that murderer's row. The month of October is brutal for Wisconsin. Absolutely brutal. So if they can get a good result here whether they lose by ten or they win by they win by a touchdown, that would be a good that would be a good result for them, considering the turmoil that they have at quarterback. 
Now they've lost, they've lost a kicker for the year. This is a lot of things that, you know, Wisconsin's got a lot of things going on as well. But here's the difference between Wisconsin and Michigan, and this is why I think this game has the makings of a classic. You have two unheralded – well, you have one one unheralded quarterback, another quarterback that was named after Bart Starr that was a five-star quarterback that was a lead 11 quarterback coming out of high school that went to Wisconsin and is now getting his chance as a senior. Whereas the other guy, really unheralded, comes from, comes from, uh, comes from the Milwaukee area, uh, can throw the ball, can pass the ball pretty well. I mean, this this has all the makings of of a storybook, but I just I really like I really really like Michigan in this game, and and the reason why I like Michigan in this game is 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 this: you have a better running game, you have a better passing game. You, overall, you have you have a defense that 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 really that, that plays with with reckless abandon. You have corners who, who are like glue on you. You have speed at, at speed positions. Um, they're very sure tacklers on the defensive side of the ball. Whereas you look at the flip side for, for Wisconsin, this is a, a collection of great young players. So do I think that this will be this will be a high scoring game? Of course not. Of course not. That's not what I'm saying. I can see this game being a thirty being a thirty one twenty four type game. You know, that's not high scoring. But if we get into the the forty five thirty five games and stuff like that, then I would be worried. I would be more so worried for for Michigan in that standpoint because of. You know, I, w- I wouldn't be – I'd be more so worried about Wisconsin than I would be about Michigan because we know that Michigan, they can play – they can play coming from behind. They can also – they can also – they can play coming from behind. They can also play, you know, you know while while in front. You know, case in with with Colorado – a lot of questions were asked of Colorado, and look at what Colorado did to Oregon at Austin last week. That's that's the glaring difference between Wisconsin and between Michigan. We know that they're battle tested. We know that we know that that Tennessee's battle tested. We know that I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Michigan. We know that Michigan's battle tested. We know what kind of play. We know what kind of team they have. No, this is a hungry team, and they're doing everything that the coaches asked them. They've bought into the Harbaugh philosophy, that that having fun, that passion that Harbaugh plays with, that Harbaugh played with. You know, he's a Michigan man. You know, he's a Shim Beckler clone. I mean, pretty much. You know, we look at it from that standpoint. He's a Shim Beckler clone. I mean. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen in this game. I like Paul Christ. I love his. I love his defense. I love his defense philosophy. This is a chess match. This is a chess match of of immense proportions because it's it's Coach Chris defense versus 
Harbaugh's offense. Who's gonna make that? Who's gonna make that first fatal mistake in this game? I think the team that scores first will win because both of these teams have locked down defenses. Both of these teams play defense probably as well as they both play offense. Now we know that we know that that Thomas Edison is. Is paramount in this game. Michigan can play can play at three speeds. They can play with pace. They can play fast. They can play, and they can play time. They can play, you know, a balanced, controlled offense. Whereas Wisconsin, they play one speed, slow, methodical, and just they they like to. If I if I can liken this to a to a boxer. And I'm probably going to date myself with this, but I think people will understand what I mean by this. If you if you look at boxers from the past, Wisconsin is like a Cesar, uh, like a Julio Cesar Chavez, where he's so in the beginning. He likes to dig, dig, dig. He likes to break you down. Over the course of fights. By the sixth, seventh, eighth round, either you're tired or he's just or you're just in shape and he's just getting started breaking you down. He's finally breaking you down. He's chopping the trees. This is what Wisconsin does. They chop trees. They they grind you out. They 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 beat you down. They make things exciting when it has to be exciting, but they fight. They 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 pretty much workmanlike. Whereas you look at Michigan, and, and you look at Michigan, and you see, you see like a combination of Mike Tyson meeting a Nassim Hamed type guy, where they're flashy, they got swag, they look, you know. They're quick and they just they they love having fun, you know. Like and I see my man. I mean, you know, you you got the you got the dancing and things like that. Where he's got the jackhammer jab and the big left hand and the big right hand, where everything just just really hard, really to the point, and really you know trying to get you out of there quickly. That's mission. They hit you with the knockout punches. But they also do it with a little bit of style. They do a little bit of flair. I mean, I dated myself. <laughs> I dated myself so much in in that analogy. But this is what that this is what this matchup reminds me of. And when you look at it from that standpoint, and you look at this matchup from that standpoint, you look at Wisconsin, and you see. You you see that the school and the players represent where they come from, blue collar values. You look at Michigan. You look at blue bloods. You look at royalty. You know you see where you see where a lot of kids go, like to go. There's a lot of difference between the two teams, but. At the same time, there's a lot of similarities to these teams. 
that's this is what makes this this game so intriguing to me, because you got the blue collar style of Michigan of Wisconsin, then you got that that royalty type deal with with Michigan. It's almost like commoners versus <laughs> yeah versus the monarchs in a sense. But this, but this game has it all, and that's what makes this game so intriguing to me as opposed to any other game on the schedule on today's on today's docket. I like Michigan in this game simply because the personnel that they have, they're settled at quarterback. They know what they want to do offensively. They know what they want to do defensively. Whereas Wisconsin is a one-dimensional team. They they can throw it downfield. Both quarterbacks can throw it downfield, but they will rely on their running game more so than they will rely on the play-action game. And that's what Wisconsin cannot do. They cannot fall behind because if they fall behind, this game can get ugly. So in that standpoint, if Wisconsin gets, gets on the board and they play sharp defense, Michigan gets on the board, they play sharp defense. One or two stops here and there can blow this game wide open for each team. We saw that last week with with Michigan State and, and Wisconsin, where Michigan State had four turnovers. And Wisconsin had two turnovers, but they weren't as costly as the turnovers that Michigan State had. And from that standpoint, we look at it, we look at it like this. I really want to see a controlled line of screen. This is going to be this is going to be an evenly paced, like I said, it's an evenly paced game. But Michigan can take it up those two those two extra notches, unlike Wisconsin. The team that controls the, the time of possession and the line of scrimmage will win this game. I think Michigan has an advantage on the on on the defensive line as opposed to Wisconsin's offensive line because Wisconsin is so big offensively. They've got the biggest offensive line in all of football. They I mean they average their average height and weight is six six, three and a half and three hundred and four pounds. Whereas you look at the average the average college college person, average college weight and height and weight Six one two eighty two ninety one, whereas the NFL is six two six three two ninety five. I mean, this is the biggest offensive line in all of college football. You know, in all of college football, it's the biggest offensive line in all of football. Period. The speed advantage for Michigan can can negate. The offensive, the offensive power that that Wisconsin has in that regard. So we're we're looking at, like I said, this is a chess match. This is a boxing match. This is any kind of analogy that you want to use. I've used all three of them. So <laughs> so when you look at it from that standpoint, who do I think will win? I like Michigan in this game, not because they're playing at home. I like Michigan in this game because I just think that Michigan is the better team. They're more settled at positions that they need to be settled in. And 
to have a special teams threat in in number five, the real peppers. That's where I think the difference lies between the two teams, the special teams. And you know, the scoreline I haven't really I haven't really thought about the scoreline. I just think Michigan will win. And those are the reasons why I think Michigan will win. Do I think that Michigan will win big? I don't want to say they'll win big. I don't want to say they'll win handily. But it's looking like that. But Wisconsin is a team a lot of momentum coming in. If you look at it from that standpoint. They do have a lot of momentum coming in. You know, Michigan got tested by Penn State early in the game, but <laughs> it was all Michigan the rest of that game last week. You know, both of these teams won very handily last week. Now we look at this week and hmm. This is like the irresistible force meeting an immovable object. Who's on the break first? Turnovers, turnovers, time of possession, line of scrimmage will dictate who wins this game. Michigan has a chance to do that. Michigan can win this game. Oh, Wisconsin can win this game. But I'm leaning toward Michigan simply because I just think, like I said, Michigan is settled in what they want to do offensively. They're settled on the quarterback, unlike Wisconsin, who's not settled on the quarterback. That's why I think that's why I think Michigan will win. Now, you know, we look at we look at other games on this schedule and on today's docket, and another game that really that really intrigues me is again we we talk about. We talk about you know these, these different these different ball clubs. Notre Dame Syracuse really kind of it kind of excites me a little bit in this regard. We're gonna see what Syracuse can do with another team with pace. This Syracuse team isn't isn't bad. They're two and two. This is they're they're, they're not bad at all. Syracuse, the Syracuse team under Dino Babers is not bad at all. You know, the the hiccup that they had against against um Louis um Louisiana. Louisville, you know, where they gave up fifty six points is not indicative of, of, of what this this he's, let's put it this way. This record for Syracuse is not indicative of, of the team that they have. Under Dino Babers, this team is probably about two, maybe one, maybe two years away from really being a really good team. They give Dino Babers the chance and the time that he needs to develop. This could be this could be a Syracuse team that that could be back to where they were under Paul Pasqualoni, under. Um, under Paul Pasqualoni, and and those you know the the times where Donovan McNabb was there. I mean, this is this is this is that this is that time for for Syracuse. You can get back to that. You've got pretty good recruits. You've got a big state to recruit out of. You've got the metropolitan New York area. 
Um, you can you can go into upstate New York and get and get some of those good athletes there. You can go into into North Jersey and get those athletes there. You can go into you can go into these major markets and and, and be a nationwide be a nationwide power like you were recruiting power like you were in the early nineties, early to mid to late nineties under Pasquale and under um oh my God, his name his McPherson. Uh, McPherson and Pasqualoni, you know, where they got recruits, they got recruits to stay in state, they got recruits to come, like I said, from from North Jersey, they got the recruits to come from the Philadelphia area. I mean, they've got recruiting power, and they can recruit nationwide as well, you know. So this is this is one of those things where this is a this is a matchup between Notre Dame, Syracuse, that. To set up recruiting bases all over the country for Syracuse, even though they're playing in MetLife Stadium, this is this is a showcase game for Syracuse. Can Syracuse pull an upset? I think they can. Do I think they will? This is a Notre Dame team that is just struggling in all phases. They didn't look good. They looked bad against. Against Michigan State, like they look bad against Michigan State two weeks ago. They look really, they look hor- they look good in spots against Duke, but in other parts, I mean, they looked horrible. Do I think Deshaun Kaiser needs to needs to sit down? I think that Brian Kelly needs to reevaluate what he's doing with Deshaun Kaiser. Period. You're not giving Deshaun Kaiser a chance to show. His full potential. You know, you're putting him him in places where he he has to throw the ball. Where he has to throw the ball. He can't get out on the run and throw the ball like he did against Texas. That's the thing that that really that really hurts a guy like Brian Kelly. He he deviates from what he's what he's wanting to do. He knows that he has a dual threat quarterback. He knows that he has a has a really good threat. With his feet, we know that he has a really good—he has a really good chance to throw the ball downfield. He likes to throw on the run, and he's very accurate throwing on the run. This is the difference between a, a, a Brian Kelly and a Nick Saban. Nick Saban sees the talent that Jay, that, that Jalen Hurts has. He's trying to nurture that talent. He's trying to cultivate that talent. Whereas Brian Kelly, you have a non-empty cupboard, but you're not showing what you could possibly have because you're kind of trying to mold it in the way that you that, that, that you've molded quarterbacks in the past. Say, for instance, a, a, a Ben Mock or a or a um, um, oh my God, his name, his name, just Everett Golson. I mean, you look at guys like that, guys that he's that he's done. But when you got the talent there that that cultivate into something really, really great, you don't use that talent. You deviate from it. And he's a better co- and, and and Brian Kelly's a better coach than that. You know, you've won almost two hundred games. 
as a as a head football coach. You've lost less than eighty games. You need to get back to you need to let him get back to what makes him great. That's running the ball, that's passing the ball, that's being that's having fun out there on the field. He's not having fun out there on the field. That 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 for me makes makes Deshaun Kaiser really one dimensional. Whereas he's a five tool guy. He's a five tool guy. He's smart, he's physical, he can run, he can pass. Smart, physical, run, pass. <laughs> smart, physical, run, pass. And and <laughs> and he he's coachable. Five tools. That's five tools right there. When you when you're when you're when you're fast, you're smart, you can run and you can throw and you're coachable. You're a five tool quarterback. You're a five tool player. This is a guy who's a five tool player, and you're not you're not letting him be that guy. You need to get back to letting him run the read option. You need to get back to letting him to to spreading the field out for him. You know, let him get it out on the perimeter. Let him throw the ball. Give him run pass options, or you know, something like that. I mean, something because you got to change. You got to change what you do offensively. Defensively, you got rid of Brian Van Gorder this past week. Now, what you have to do is you have to you have to salvage what you can salvage. If you go on a long run, you get yourself to nine and three. Nine and three gets you gets you a bowl of six game. You get to eight and four, that gets you that gets you into the Alamo Bowl, <laughs> you know, or or something like that. I mean, and that's no sign of Alamo Bowl because I think the Alamo Bowl is probably one of the best bowl games, you know, of all the bowl seasons. But with with Notre Dame and the high expectations that you have there. You got two quarterbacks that can that can just ball out for you, but you're not using the other one of them to their advantage. You're not even using one of them, Malik Zaire. But you've you've given the reins to Deshaun Kaiser, and you've pretty much muzzled him in a sense a little bit because you're not letting him do what do what he does to do what he does. To make this team better, you're not giving him that opportunity. Then that that's just the bottom line. Um, you know, we go on, we, we go on. I'm looking at, I'm looking at other matches on on the schedule, and there's some really good matches. You know, amongst the the unranked teams. You know, on the schedule and. You know, one of the one of the games that I'm looking forward to seeing, and you know, even though this is a one and three, these are teams that are one and three. I'm really looking forward to seeing, and this is later on tonight. It's a ten thirty game. I'm really excited to see UNLV and, and and Fresno State play. I saw both of these teams play early in the season against against bigger name opponents. Fresno State, for me, they're solid. The the only thing that that really bothers me about Fresno State is that Fresno State, 
and this is this is the under the radar probably game of the week. You know, there's a lot of people won't talk about because it's in the Mountain West, and and you know, and the records don't don't indicate how good these teams are. UNLV is under a second year coach who came from the high school ranks, and he's he's brought in some talent. You know, he's keeping a lot of those guys that are Bishop Gorman guys. He's trying to get them to come over. He's even recruiting. He's even recruiting the West pretty hard, and he can get. And I'll say this: this is a guy who can who can recruit. This is a guy who can who can be a good motivator. UNLV, their record is their record is 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 worse than what it than what it indicates. UNLV is on the rise. Fresno State's on the rise. Fresno State's got a solid defense. They're kind of suspect on the offensive side of the ball, you know. But they did put up some points against against Nebraska in that in that early season matchup. Now that they've settled in. You know, can can these teams get the six and six? I think Fresno State probably has a better chance of getting the six and six than UNLV does because of the way that their schedule sets out. But Fresno State, to me, I like Fresno State in this game. I like I like I like to see what I mean. I would love to see what what these two teams are going to do tonight. And it, that's what makes it. That's what makes this game so fun to me, is that you know you're probably not gonna get you're gonna get high scoring, but can UNLV do what Fresno State does? Can they go score for score with them? This that's the that's the thing with UNLV. They they have lack of depth at, at key positions. Um, they do have a. a Pretty good quarterback. He's a young quarterback. I think he's a sophomore, is a redshirt freshman or, or a redshirt sophomore. Um, I can't remember right off, but this is this is a really this is a really good matchup. It's a really intriguing matchup to me from a pure from a football purist standpoint because you 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 want to see these teams come up. You want to see more teams be be improved, and you know. I'm a mid major guy myself. I mean, I, I like the mid major guy. I like the mid major team, the mid major footballs, football because there's a lot of good football being played in those mid major conferences. You don't see them because they're not power five conferences. So this is one of those games. It's an under the radar game of the week, even though they're both one and three. I like Fresno State in this game. Um, I think Fresno State can get the six wins. I also think that Fresno State can even go on a run and and, and win seven to eight games. I mean, they're in a really good Mountain West West division, um, where everything could happen. You know, they still play the San, they still got to play the San Jose States and the San Diego States of the world. But they've got a chance to do something big. They got a chance to make an impact in the Mountain West West division. So, um, you know, we look at we look at that matchup, and then. Another matchup that that I'm really looking forward to seeing is, I mean that that's a nine thirty that's a ten thirty game tonight. But the the other matchup that I'm really looking forward to seeing today, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of an intriguing thing to me, 
And it's Memphis and Ole Miss. We know Memphis, you know, doesn't have the coach anymore. They don't have um, Justin Fuente at the helm anymore. And Paxton Lynch is, is not there anymore. But Memphis is 3-0. and They're 3-0 coming into this game, going into Ole Miss. Ole Miss, again, you know, big win over Georgia last week. Can they keep that momentum going? Can they finish another game um, tonight? This is an intriguing game for for everybody to see. Ole Miss, number 16, with a 2-2 two and two record. A lot of people will say that, that they don't deserve to be two, they don't deserve to be 16. They don't deserve to be that high because because of their record. This two and two Ole Miss team is probably the best two and two two and two team in the country. This Memphis team is probably the probably the best three and O team that's not in a Power Five conference in the country. This is a battle of, of wheels, and Ole Miss wants this game so bad. They circled this game on their schedule. They didn't circle the Alabama game on their schedule. They didn't circle the Georgia game on their schedule. They circled this game on the schedule because this set this game last year set off the chain of events that that shouldn't have happened. They they, they lost back to back games. Then they go to Alabama and they win game. They win a game there, but. You know they go to Alabama. Then the next week they come play Memphis, and Memphis beats them by ten points. And then they go on the next week and they lose again. So that set off a bad chain of events for for Ole Miss last year, where it knocked them out of the playoff race with that with that one loss with with those two losses back to back losses. We look at Memphis. They got a new quarterback. You know, possibly new facilities coming to Memphis. You know. Because they may be going into a going into into the Big Twelve with Houston. Who knows? You know, with that whole realignment thing there. I mean, it's starting to lose. It's starting to lose. It's starting to make people lose focus on what's on what the Big Twelve is doing. But back to this, Tad Kelly. You know, he felt like this was a, this was his worst game as the Ole Miss Rebel last year against. Paxton Lynch and the Memphis Tigers. This Memphis Tigers team, they're they're very solid defensively. They've got a pretty good quarterback. They run the same offense as they did last year. I'm looking forward to seeing what Memphis can do. Can they pull off an upset of Ole Miss? I'm interested in seeing if Ole Miss will jump out to the big lead, hold a big lead, and finish. Finish for the second week in a row. Those are the questions that I have for this game. Do I think Ole Miss will win? I think Ole Miss will win big, but I think Ole Miss has the potential to win big. But this game will come down. This game will come down to this: if Memphis gets stops, timely stops, and they can put points on the board other than field goals, they have a chance to win. If Ole Miss can, can get that land shark defense to be the land shark defense that they're known for, and you get guys like Demario Stringfellow and and Evan Ingram and, and those guys to to catch balls and you get that running game going for Ole Miss, they could blow Memphis out of the water. 
they can really blow Memphis out of the water. So I'm going to say Ole Miss by three touchdowns in this game. And that and that's a minimum, three touchdowns. I, I will say that. You know, we look at other games on the schedule. North Carolina, North Carolina, Florida State, 330 game on ESPN. Wow. <laughs> this has potential to be to have a shoot, shootout written all over it. Mitch Trubisky is probably is his name's not Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson. This is probably this is probably the other marquee matchup in the, in the ACC tonight, other than the one that we'll talk about in a little bit. You know. This defense for for North Carolina, they're not suspect. A lot of people said they were suspect after the after the after the Georgia game. They're not suspect at all. A lot of people talk about how Florida State, how Charles Kelly's defense is is not as good as they as they think they are because they gave up sixty three points to to Louisville. Hell, hell, anybody would have gave up sixty three points to to Louisville. I mean the way that the way that Lamar Jackson's playing, the way that, that that offense is playing, anybody could do that. Anybody could have done that. But just so happened it was Florida State. This is a good good matchup. And the reason why I like why I like this matchup is this: you get to see what what JJ Francois is all about. You get to see the real. Well, well, I mean, two hundred, two hundred something yards last week, and, and and three touchdowns for for Dalvin Cook. Would a real Dalvin Cook please stand up? I mean, he's been just one hired a little bit this year, but last week he finally came into his own. He finally was able to to run to run. He's finally able to catch balls out of the backfield, and he didn't fumble the ball before he got in the end zone. Sorry, I, I think that was a little bit too soon. Um, but but still, I like Florida State in this game because I like the running game. I like the defense. This is a this is gonna be a defensive battle all game long. Do I think that do I think that there'll be a thirty point like thirty to twenty seven type game? This has the potential to be a 17-14 game or seventeen thirteen game. This this is how this is how close in stature these these teams are in regards of defensively and offensively. They both run. They both like to run a little bit of tempo, but but Florida State, their 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 pro style offense, they runs tempo. Whereas Larry Fedora and North Carolina, North Carolina, they're all about tempo. They run tempo. They run tempo. They run tempo. They play. They they hand off the ball to net number eight. And that number eight is going to take it to the house if he can if he can get past that first level. The thing about Florida State is that Florida State has to tackle better than what they did last week against South Florida and the week before, like they did, like they didn't do at, at Louisville. That's the thing; they have to get back to being that sure tackling Florida State team, that hard hitting Florida State defense against this really good North Carolina offense. This is a battle of wills. This is a this is going to be a battle of who's got the better offense, 
and who's got the better defense? Because both of these guys, both of these teams have elite offenses. Both of these teams have elite defenses, in a sense. Um, but both are in the bottom half in points per game. You know, in points per game, where you know they're in the, they're in the bottom half of the top half. You know what I mean? They're they're in that forty, they're in that forty to fifty, in that forty to fifty range in terms of points per game defensively. Giving up defensively, so we look at we look at the, I look at this game as <laughs> I look at this game like this. Florida State has really solid special teams. So does North Carolina. Can North Carolina knock down field goals regularly like Florida State does? If it comes down to that, I mean this. Like I said, this has the potential to be a 17-14 game. This has the potential to be a 31-27 game. I mean, it's just really how how will both teams react to what each other do in terms of defensively? Will the quarterbacks be poised? Will the quarterbacks, you know, play within themselves, play within the systems? No mistress got got some got some great legs. We know that DeAndre Francois got great legs. Guy also got a great arm. So, you know, I think if both teams rely on their running games to set up other things and to set up other things in their in their arsenal, this could be this could be a this could be a really good game. But I like Florida State at home. But I don't I, I like Florida State at home. I think they win I think they went by seven. I mean, this is a big matchup for Florida State simply because Florida State simply because Florida State, you know, they're looking at this game, you know, as a you know, I hope that they're not looking looking past Florida State. Mm, sorry, North Carolina to to play Florida State, to play Miami next week. And this, again, you know, a big crossover game for – a big crossover game for for uh, Florida State, and next week is a crossover game for them as well. So this, this, is, a, um, this is a tough couple weeks, and a really tough couple weeks for for Florida State. So – I really, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen, and um, like I said I just, I think that Florida State's going to win by, I think that Florida State's going to win by at least a touchdown. But um, we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about that big game tonight, uh, Clemson Louisville. Y'all stay tuned. Oh yeah. We out here. Oh yeah. One mile, one mile. One mile, one mile. Get 'em up, up. Oh yeah, CMG, 2 AM crew, what's good? Ben Nation, I see y'all. New York. We out here doing our thing, it just don't stop, right? Not for us. Uh
Cassidy. I'm one mile from everything I've been chasing after. Me and Kyle hit the sky like we was falling backwards. Went from killing time and climbing down the ladder. To coming up with that real, that's my natural hazard. Word, we those young men with those sharp minds. Going all in, it's no part-time. And we taking that cause it's our time. Same drive with that new gas. And that's old school, just new class. Cameras out like news flash. And we hit the sky with that new cash. Word, and I've been running for days Ever since I broke up out of the cage Been up and away like par fives We drive them insane And I leave no trace on the place I fade away till I made a way clean Got the whole world on the case But no matter what you won't stop my team I'm moving through the city Busy riding deep Getting stronger by the day They weaker by the week Competition gets outworked, so it works out fine And every single minute we in it We break limits from 10 miles out You can see us shine, what's good? Perfection, trying to manifest these blessings Told them live it to the max So I ain't never feeling less than Then these haters trying to question Will he make it? Is he destined? I told you I'm the truth A living, walking confession I ain't lying, I ain't posting I'm just driving, I'm just hoping That I'll find an opportunity And that a door will open So I never pay attention When they tell me that I'm chosen Cause I know I'm far from famous Even though they know I'm blowing up Took a while, but they know it's cow when I'm rolling up people doubt always ask me how but I'm sure enough that I'll be the greatest that my town has ever seen be the one to pick them up when they're down like a towing truck working yeah I'm working put my team on that for certain I swear that's the naked truth hiding behind those shower curtains I managed to keep it clean making music without cursing now I'm entering the system watch me do it like a surgeon that's for certain
crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. The main event is in the building. And special shout out to Tuskegee University. They played today, uh, two o'clock game against the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. In uh, tune up for next week's big clash in Columbus, Georgia, the Tuskegee Morehouse Classic in Columbus, Georgia. Um, those festivities get underway on Monday uh, in Columbus with that with that big matchup in in association with that big matchup. So really excited for next week. Um, hopefully I'll hopefully I'll be there next week. Um, broadcasting from from AJ McClung Memorial Stadium. Um, that's not set in stone as of yet, uh, but it may be is in the works. So, um, so y'all stay tuned. And um, but getting back into getting back into into the the big game of the, of the week. Uh, everybody's everybody's talking about Clemson, Clemson, Louisville, and. I, I'm excited for this game in a sense, but I'm like I said, I, I'm more excited about the 3:30 game between Wisconsin and Michigan. I think that's a showcase game. But number three, number three Louisville, number number three Clemson, number five Louisville, ACC ACC uh, and national championship implications all over this game. You probably got the two best quarterbacks in the nation going head to head in this matchup. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. This has all the makings of being just a high-profile, classic matchup of two quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, we all know what he can do. We all know what we've seen him do. Lamar Jackson, we see what he does day in and day out. He's a highlight reel ready to happen. He's like the B button. He's like the B button or the X button or or the R one button or the or that or that triangle button, you know, on the on the Xbox, you know, on the Xbox on the um on the PlayStation, you know, he, he does it all. I mean, he's hurdling people, he's he's throwing great he's throwing passes. I mean, he's even got a guy in the backfield with the last name Samuel, you know. So I mean like that's Samuel L. Jackson right there. You know, so but you know, that was a bad joke, but but here's the thing. Clemson will win this game. And the reason why I say Clemson will win this game is simple. Clemson has got probably the best defense in the ACC, um, bar none. I mean, and we're going to see that defense tested today, tonight, against against this Louisville team that's just, just got it going right now. They, they're, get, they're getting it going. And... <laughs> And to be honest with you, I like Cliffs in this game, not because they're playing at home in Death Valley, but because they're just on paper they're just they're just a better team defensively, statistically. But this this Louisville defense, this Louisville team, period, is really good itself. You know, and, and you know it's hard to it's hard to. When you look at them on paper, it's hard to differentiate between who's best and who's not best because these two teams are these two teams are they're, they're so similar. But I just like the collection 
like I like Bullware. I like you know I like I like the that front seven. Bullware is is just a great young player. Um, you know a great great senior leader for Clemson. And things of that nature. I just I, I like. I like Clemson in this matchup because of that. Wayne Gallman, Deshaun Watson in the backfield together, um, Hunter Renfro, and, and and those pass passing receivers for for Clemson, they can make things very difficult for for Louisville. But Louisville has a ball hawking secondary that that could that could negate what those receivers do. So this this is like I said a very evenly matched game, but I really think that the defense will carry the day for for Clemson if Clemson can get stops and they also can put points on the board. Not uh, unlike what they've done against against I mean, they had a dominating performance against against Georgia Tech last week in that triple option. This is a very big litmus test. This this could set up again. This could set up um, some big matchups in the next couple of weeks for for Clemson as well. Now we look at Clemson right now, and uh, we look at that that schedule. I mean, all the big games, all the big games that they that they need is at the at the end of the at the end of the season, um, October twenty ninth. And that month of November is brutal, in a sense. You know, Florida State, a good Syracuse team, a good Pitt team, and the South Carolina team that's improving, that's ever improving. So, this, this is, this is a big thing for me. And you know, my man Tyrus, you know, I. I I'm going to say my man Tyrus says that Clemson over Louisville. I like Clemson over Louisville as well. And my reasoning why I like Clemson over Louisville is that Louisville doesn't have the type of defense that that Florida's, that that Clemson has. Even though they do have the better secondary, they don't have the front seven that Clemson has. They don't have the complete defense that Clemson has. But who's to say what's going to happen in this game? I just think that I, I really think that Clemson, that Clemson will win this game because of that. I think that they can get some timely stops. I think that they can get some big stops. Um, you know, and this is a big divisional matchup. You know, this this will go a long way to to uh, to uh, crowning the division champion. You know, and you know, along with some of the crossover games that both teams have, I mean, this is this is just this is just a great thing. This is a great thing, and a lot of people just don't just don't get it. You know, um, just don't get you know of how big this the magnitude of this game, and that's why I think that's why I think Clemson will win again. Uh, I think Tennessee will beat Georgia. I think I think uh that game's gonna be close. I think Michigan will win um by a field goal. I think Michigan will win by, by at least a touchdown. Um and I think Clemson will win by a touchdown. I think Texas will beat um Oklahoma State. Um at Oklahoma State. I'm just I am ready for the day. We gotta 
we got a few more minutes, and I just want to just thank everybody for being a part of the show. Special shout out to my man T Rex, my mentor, uh, the admin Wendy, uh, Kid Retro. That's K Double I D R E T R O, and that's a go. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, shout out to uh, to Casey, Casey and DJ EA. Um, we got some got some big things going on and. We'll be talking about that in the next few, in the next few weeks as well. Um, also, again, just a shout out to my man Marquise Wineglass. Um, keep doing your thing, boy. Um, Ray Baker, Underground Sounds, Columbus, Georgia. Uh, Columbus, Georgia is in the building. Also, um, also to um, to my nephew Jamil Houston who. Who's dropping his new album? Who's dropping his full album, Wave? Uh, in the next couple, who's dropped his album, Wave? Go check him out on Spotify. Go check out a lot of his a lot of his other stuff on uh, on SoundCloud. Uh, Jamil Houston, uh, Spotify. You know, Jamil Houston. If you want to listen to the Wave album? The kids got the. That's my nephew, man. You know, he he's he's very talented as well. Also, shout out to uh, Nina Monet. Um, Hopefully you're having a good weekend and um, everything. So, and um, also big shout outs, just shout outs around to all to everyone who's doing that thing. Keep grinding, and um, Monica Brewer um, for <laughs> just for being you. Uh, big shout out to you, B3, uh, Jigsaw, everybody, everybody in the Columbus area, everybody here. In Troop County and in the Valley area, uh, really excited. Coach Glisson, again, congratulations on that big win last night. And for everybody else, man, y'all y'all have a great weekend. Go out and support your local high schools. Go out and support support your 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 lo- your artists. Won't call them local because no artist is local because music is worldwide. Um, and uh, for those artists who who want to who who need who just wants to get out there, man, collaborate with other artists. Get your names, you know, out there, man. Um. Also. Also, man, yeah, just take heed to 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 the message that that was in the devotional today, man. Nothing's guaranteed, but also, but a lot of things are are blessed upon you if you if you ask for them. If you ask for them in the right way and not be so expected. So, with that being said, man, everybody have a great weekend. Be careful. Don't do anything that I wouldn't do, and <laughs> and just be you, man. And that's all I can do. That's all I can say to you. Y'all have a great weekend. Let's go tailgating. Yeah, man. Hey, yo, T, I think, uh, I think we can keep this one slow. Make it easy to ride to. Yeah. You know, sometimes I look around and I think, like, maybe I am out here on my own. Yeah. Gotta find something. Oh, I can't? But I can try, right? 
Out on my own. 